Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, is that good? I have notes on my iPad, so I'm gonna go here. And I hope you like animals, so you're gonna see a lot of them. So when I utter the word networking, and when you hear the word networking, how many of you have this reaction? Right? People tell me, and I've asked a lot, believe me, what do you hate about it? Phony. Feels phony. Feels too transactional. It feels like uh, it's just superficial. We're just there for the moment. People are using each other. It's not good, right? Here's something else about it. It feels like there's a faceless mass of people, not you all, of course but let's say you have to go to a networking event. Um, we have to wade into the network, and they're all on one side, and you're on the other, all alone, right? That's how it feels. And when humans feel uncertain, we feel like it's all on me to figure out. Everyone else has it figured out. Everyone else has their answers. It's just me who's needy. But that's not true. I'm, I'm here to tell you that's not true. We all feel this way when we need something and don't know where the answer is going to be. And so, because I think we try, because we hate this feeling, we try to avoid uh, networking, uh, connecting with people until we suddenly need it. Suddenly, there's a new bad boss. Suddenly, the company's pivoting. Uh, suddenly, there's a reorg. Uh, that we don't like, what, whatever it is, then you're like, oh God, I've got to get back out there. But the, the real truth is our need to network, and by this I mean connecting with people in an ongo on an ongoing basis, is actually continuous today. I'm going to tell you why. It used to be that you networked to get a job, right, and then, and then stopped. People held jobs longer. Uh, than they do today. Uh, they didn't, you know, make big moves. But the world of work is changing dramatically. As you may already know, we change jobs more frequently. Um, in the U.S., millennials will hold uh, more than 12 jobs during their working years. In the U.K., uh, workers change employers every five years on average, right? We, more of us work independently than ever. In the U.S., more than 41 million Americans are working on their own in some combination of consulting, contracting work. Across Europe, I found this especially fascinating. In 2017, the highest proportion of part-time workers was in the Netherlands at 46%. The next six countries in Europe were all 20% of employed people in total. Austria, Germany, Belgium, the UK, Sweden, and Denmark. And we're all going to be working longer. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Um, <laughs> when labor is less physical, right, and there's, there's more healthcare available generally, people live longer. That's one reason. Of course, some people, many people, cannot afford to be idle. That's another person. Interestingly, I found on the eve of Uber's IPO, um, they reported a, a few years ago that 25% of their drivers were over 50 years old. They have more drivers now, globally, 
uh, over 50 than they do under 30. Okay, there's the, there's the turtle. People stay in the workforce longer. And this is why it's more important to continue to have contacts over time. Uh, because you're going to need them for all of these reasons, all the fluidity that's going on. In fact, as Holly mentioned, <laughs> your network is your currency these days. Your network, more than your job, is the primary currency that you have to spend and save and build. We might know this intuitively, um, but we still associate work networking with the bad old stereotypes I showed before. I think there's a better way. And based on my background, I'll have to say, by way of starting, I shouldn't be standing here today. I didn't get into technology because I was a technologist. I'm a liberal arts major, art, history, literature. That's me all the way. I didn't get into technology until I was 35. But over the last 30 years, uh, my colleagues and even my managers um, in the world of technology have been 20 to 30 years younger, uh, as I said, liberal arts. And yet I've enjoyed a thriving long career in Silicon Valley um, with a really active global network of people who I've met over time who offer opportunity and serendipity at every turn. In the technology world, I've learned that it's okay to reinvent yourself, it's okay to change jobs frequently, or change course entirely. And of all the changes and transitions and reinvention that I've done, I've learned how to keep in touch with people, which is why I now enjoy this large network, connections of people for past lives and past jobs. Eventually, I figured out that I probably knew enough to write a book. I have written a book. It's in the bookstore. I'll be signing it 1.30. Just a little mention there. Um, but for you, I, wanna, I want to detail how no pressure networking works for me and how I think it can help you. I'll outline some key principles and some, and, uh, some great practices in the next few minutes and pause for some water. So instead of thinking of networking as a way to transact, to you know, ask a favor to get a thing that you need in the moment, the network that you want to create is in fact the opposite of transactional. It's more like this. This quote, I was so happy when I found it uh, because it, it captures the idea that I think is the one to keep in mind for yourself about networking. More about farming or you could substitute the word gardening. Think about what those kind of tasks entail. Planting, weeding, trimming, harvesting, thinning, reseeding, uh, right? Digging up, overturning, starting again. These are all the, the tasks of someone cultivating their individual contacts and, and maintaining them over time. Um, it's very different than the sort of transactional, you know, going in for the kill, right? Instead of, instead of making a killing, you're, you're cultivating. It becomes a long game, as I mentioned. It's seasonal and it's continuous. Here's another thing. It, it is true, the odds are great. The odds are in your favor. The more people you know, the smarter you will be. Something about cultivating is that you're making quality connections with people who you actually like, 
not everyone you should meet, right? Um, people who are interesting and supportive, people you enjoy talking to or learning from. It's not the same as everyone you're supposed to meet. When you're farming or gardening, you're connecting with people to get a reality check on a company or a job or a field. You're finding the most knowledgeable person, whatever, whatever you want to know about. And you also may learn about the downside, right? And sometimes it's very valuable to know what not to do. And here's another key principle. I feel that being open to meeting new people and hearing their stories helps you feel more connected in the world. A big value of making connections, in fact, is, is to hear a new story, to find common ground, and come away inspired or strengthened by what they share with you. Hopefully you're also sharing with them. Connecting with people who want your guidance also reinforces the idea that everybody needs help. Everyone gets a turn, and not just one turn, right? Uh, you become a helper to someone else when you have these moments of connection. The net effect is that you'll feel less alone about what you're trying to tackle or solve, get an answer for yourself, and in the process feel more connected to others. So those are the principles. Now we'll get to uh, how to make the, the principles a little more real. There are three keys, I think, to making better connections that are longer lasting. Think of practices as the muscles that you strengthen over time. One, live conversations. Live means real time and face to face. Face to face can mean a video chat if you're not near each other but uh, better than just a phone call and uh, much better than email. Uh, that could come later, but to actually make a connection, to get acquainted with someone in the moment for a specific reason or for no reason, best to do live and in person over, over coffee if possible, over one kind of coffee or another. Um, you know that you'll have a strong connection with someone if you've worked at a company that has, say, a global offsite every so often, you may already be working with people that you enjoy, but you meet them in person, you spend a little time together either working or socializing, then you go back to your respective offices. Your connection is then is stronger, right? Because you've had this a little bit of personal in-person time. You can, you can be virtual then for a long time to come because you've had that, uh, that personal and kind of authentic connection. And you find common ground faster. If you've ever introduced someone, been introduced to someone and now you're meeting them to, to maybe say get some career advice, you want to set up the conversation correctly. You want to be specific about what you're looking for, what questions you have, not just, yeah, let's get together and have coffee. Make a bit of an agenda in your mind at least and make sure the other person understands why are we meeting? Why, why are we talking? When you sit down, don't just jump into your question, the first thing. Uh, you know, you wouldn't like it if someone started that way with you, makes it tr more transactional. So in addition to thanking that person for meeting you, ask about them first, you know, whatever, whatever your opening question is. Um, one classic go-to is tell me a little about yourself. If we're gonna get to know each other, tell me a little about yourself. I will then tell you about myself and that gets to my, my questions for you.
By the way, um, your questions and your conversation with someone doesn't just have to be about work. I've had instances where I've been in exercises, for one, where the task is you're meeting a new person to do work with. You have five minutes to find something you have in common. And you know, in those five minutes, suddenly we've gotten to the same home, hometown. I recently met someone in this kind of setting that we discovered we were born at the same hospital, decades apart. We got there very quickly, and then that we went on to our business meeting, and it, 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 it's a bond that neither of us will forget having. Personal and personable, again, maybe the opposite of transactional in a, in a way. Um, we're used to these days bringing more of our whole selves to work, so knowing a little bit more about what somebody else's personal interests are, what their passions are, what drives them, is a, an important piece of that. So, show of hands, although I can hardly see you. <laughs> How many of you consider yourselves introverts? Okay, fair number, I do too. Um, the good news here is you have excellent skills for building a network. Um, introverts essentially need alone time at some point in the day in, in their work week to just regroup and kind of process what they've been thinking, what their reactions are, to regain their energy. Extroverts are much more like need, their, it, they re-energize around other people all the time or much of the time. To be fair, we're all on sort of a spectrum of, of this, but in any case, introverts need a little bit of quiet time and alone time. And I would say that, in fact, my theory, introverts have at least three distinct superpowers that actually make for making better connections. One is the ability to listen. We don't like to talk first, right? Tell me about yourself. Let's, let's get going with you first. Two, I think we tend to be keen visual observers. A lot of people watching, and I must say the people watching here at the next web is fantastic. Um, it tells you a lot about are people comfortable, are they anxious, are they tightly wound, are they relaxed and open? Like just, just to notice and see what you, how you, what kind of vibe you get. And third, we tend to be curious about people. What makes them tick? How varied, how surprising everyone can be. And being curious is a wonderful skill to kind of keep you open to newness. So these three skills will help you kind of manage in today's world in the best way possible. Uh, psychologist Carol Dweck calls this a having a growth mindset, right, as opposed to a, a closed mind. A growth mindset is I'm open to possibilities. I should add that, of course, extroverts can cultivate these uh, qualities as well and use them to their advantage. I love this picture. <laughs> when, you're, when someone says to you, you two should meet, you have a lot in common, or I'd really like, I'd like for you two to, to, to connect, because uh, you both are doing the same things, whatever it is, say yes to that moment, even if you don't know why. Just say yes, I'd be open to that, okay? Even when you're not looking for anything, um, just be prepared to be surprised and trust your friend who has some instinct about knowing a little about you. If you do have a need and a question and you want you know, a contact for some reason, um, that's fine. This one person isn't gonna have the exact answer that you need, but they might offer you a valuable piece of the puzzle. 
they might introduce you to the next person who will know more. And say, saying yes, by the way, does not have to type your calendar. I'm a big one for like not overscheduling. So be open and willing, but you can also say, you know, how's the next three weeks looking? How's the next month looking? Doesn't, this does not have to be a, a, a daily activity to, to book time with people that you don't know. And of course, the key here is within a day of the meeting, follow up with thanks and with any specifics that the two of you decided to connect about, which gets to being in, keeping in loose touch. And this is my phrase for occasional contact with people that you know even slightly. Not strangers, but everybody else, right? It's not constant, it doesn't require a lot of time and effort, and it's all done online. And I'm gonna kinda click through these pretty quickly. Um, maybe someone comes to mind that you just met, or uh, you know slightly, but you know something about their favorite team, or something else that they're passionate about, they're a dog lover, whatever. You see something that reminds you of them, Take a minute to just send the note, send the link, send the image. Say, I thought of you when I saw this, how are you? You know, just, just thinking of you. There's no obligation for a response here. It just is a top of mind kind of moment. If you do want to be more specific, then say, how's your next week looking for a coffee? But otherwise, no, you don't need to. Keeping in loose touch has obviously never been easier than with the, the tools we have today, all the platforms. So this, I would say, just make sure to use the ones that you're established on with the other people. So it's a variety of, of platforms. I have WhatsApp friends. I have Twitter DM friends. Uh, you know, there's some people I correspond with on LinkedIn. It's just kind of knowing where to go uh, and, and using those platforms as you like. So these kind of principles and practices have like, given me meant much serendipity uh, in my life. Um, I've, you know, I've said yes to things without knowing why or, or even, I've just said yes to things over time. I said yes to uh, being a mentor to someone who now years later I turn to for some career advice. I said yes to writing a book. I didn't see how I could do it in the short deadline I was given. And I said yes to being here today without having been to Amsterdam or the next web before. <laughs> um, so if you do three things this coming week, here are three. One, I think that'll come up right, yeah. Send a loose touch message to three of your weak ties, people you do not know well. Two, have a, ha make a coffee date with no agenda, just to get to know someone better, could be a colleague at work, and three, make, a, make an introduction between two people you know who you think should meet. Just make, make that connection happen. So in closing, I would say, remember that one-to-one -one connecting is a long game and not a hunting ground. Uh, to practice reduces the stress of doing it. So then you don't feel like you have to go out and kill in that moment, because you don't. More than ever, we live in a connected world. More of us are online. Billions of us use social platforms to stay in touch. Let's take advantage of these things um, because having a network for life helps us obtain you know, harmonious friendships, satisfying work lives, and be able to hold on to them. And that is my message to you today. Thank you very much. <laughs>